0: Hey everybody! Welcome back to a special edition of Stuff You Don't Need to Know. This is Jay, and today I'm going to be talking about the DC animated film that just came out not too long ago, Reign of the Superman. Now, if you, as you know, this is the follow-up to last year's The Death of Superman, and it is—excuse me—it's the second uh, film in the series. I guess you know the death and, and rebirth of Superman, that whole story arc, and. This episode, there's going to be some spoilers, but I'm going to try to start off a little bit, just kind of give my general thoughts, feelings on it, and when I am going to get into the spoilers, I'll let you know, so if you do not want spoilers, I'll definitely give you guys a heads up on that. Now, like I said, this is a follow-up to The Death of Superman, which, you know, I watched it when it came out, excellent film, and the thing that's really interesting is The Death of Superman, this, you know, it was a story from the comics. Uh, There was an animated film that came out about it. I believe it's called Doomsday. Then we had, you know, Batman versus Superman, where we kind of rehashed this story again. So this is a story that's been told a few times, but The Death of Superman, 2018's The Death of Superman, was actually an excellent film. And I think the reason why is, first of all, look, it has great source material, you know, right off the bat. I mean, when you have great source material, you can't go wrong. Second, Death of Superman was written, uh, that film was written by Peter Tomasi. Peter Tomasi is a veteran comic book writer. He is a veteran Superman writer. Uh, If you listen to AP Comics uh, here on Stuff You Don't Need to Know... You will hear Diana tell you that you know Tomasi and Gleason—they are her go-to Superman guys. Uh, Peter Tomasi, she feels knows Superman inside and out. He's the one that's got to write for for Superman. No ifs, ands, or buts. And I think the fact that he did not write this—you know—he did not write the Reign of Superman. I think uh, the Reign of the Superman. I think that's really what kind of made this film suffer a bit. But we'll get into that. So, like I said, Death of Superman. Um, you know, it's a story that's been told. We've seen it a few times in the comics, animated film, live action. You know, it's it's a story that people kind of know. Superman taking on Doomsday and what happens. Um, but Death of Superman felt like a kind of felt like a fresh film. And and the big thing that I really liked about Death of Superman was the fact that what that film showed was what we were going to lose if Superman were to die because even before he fights Doomsday, you really see the kind of character that Superman has. You know, some people could kind of mock him, truth, justice, the American way, his aw shucks attitude, uh, his almost constant hopefulness. But it's the fact, you know, it's that fact actually, is really what makes him a Superman. Yes, he is the strongest being on the planet. Yes, he could fly faster than a speeding bullet, you know, All I mean, we know, we know who Superman is, we know how incredibly powerful he is, but it's that strength of character that he has, that's what makes Superman so special, um, the fact that he is willing to do what it takes to lay down doomsday, um, in the comics when doomsday attacks we get i believe it's the jli justice league international that actually takes him on before superman shows up you know in death of superman we got the entire justice league and he really mops the floor with them to the point it's like doomsday is going to take out the entire justice league he's going to take out superman and then that's really it you know we're we're all finished and like i said what death of superman really did in a very focused way was was kind of give us a preview and show us What the world is going to be like without superman around just how important he is and again it's not so much the fact that he is probably the most powerful being on earth it's his incredible you know force of will his strength of character that's what really makes superman so special and so important And I feel that Reign of Superman, like I said, Peter Demasi did not write it. It was actually written by Tim Sheridan and Jim Krieg. Now, these guys have done other DC animated things. I think Jim Krieg did uh, Gotham by Gaslight. And the two of them have done a lot of Justice League action vignettes or shorts. Now, if you are not familiar with those, uh, you can find them on YouTube, Justice League Action. They're a little short. Eh, five to seven minute like little kind of one-shot cartoons they are geared towards children but they're actually also very enjoyable i enjoy watching them uh they're funny they're poignant um one of my favorites you definitely got to look for it is mark hamill voice actor that is a great one where mark hamill plays himself he plays swamp thing he plays joker and he plays trickster all-in-one episode, and the fact that Mark Hamill is such an incredible voice actor really gets him out of a jam, enough said. So, these guys really aren't from, from you know, looking it up, you know, I don't see a lot of comic book cred. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but I think kind of coming off the tone and the pacing of Death of Superman and kind of switching it up with some new writers, I really think it, it really kind of hurt you know, this film. And I was really looking forward to it because, unlike Death of Superman, Superman, sorry, The Reign of the Superman is a story that we only really saw in the comics. We really didn't see it anywhere else. Not not to the scope uh, of The Reign of Superman movie here. We might have seen glimpses of, you know, steel, or Cyborg Superman and and some of the other films, but, you know, all four supermen coming back, this whole story really was only told in the comics, and this is the first time we get to see it on screen, and I think that's the other problem, too. We have four supermen. They have four distinct stories, and I'm just going to say it now, kind of done talking about the tone and everything. Spoilers are coming, so if you have not seen Reign of Superman and you don't want it spoiled. Push pause right now. So, I think really wh- where this film suffers is the fact that we have four Supermen. We have uh, Superboy, who is a clone of Superman and Lex Luthor. Uh, we have Cyborg Superman. We have the Eradicator. And of course, we have Steel. Uh, all four are kind of introduced very, very quickly. And I felt just as soon as all four were really sort of introduced uh Steel and the Eradicator pretty much became non-factors in this film. Uh Steel to get a little bit more screen time, the Eradicator was just kind of hanging out in the background. The focus was really more on Superboy and Cyborg Superman. Not necessarily a bad thing, but the thing is is I think they they tried to jump around and tell a lot of different stories with, you know, the the sort of rise of Superman, the return of Superman, kind of capping it all off. And I kind of felt at times, I I really hate to say it, I kind of felt bored because you get a little snippet of Superboy, you get a little snippet of Cyborg Superman, you get very brief snippets of uh, the Eradicator and Steel, and they're kind of jumping around back and forth then we kind of get a meeting between Lois Lane and Wonder Woman about grieving over Superman a little bit and you know instantly now they become best buds bffs girlfriends for life i mean that kind of felt thrown in there i mean Lois Lane in this film you know when when this film starts it's been 6 months since the death, since the death of, of Superman But we're already aware of these new Supermen. They're already making their presence known. Uh, Superboy is pretty much, like I said, he's the clone of Superman and Lex Luthor. So Lex Luthor is kind of packaging, hey, Metropolis, here's your Superman brought to you by LexCorp. Um, Apparently, this current version we see is perhaps like a second or third attempt because we do get a scene where Lex feels he's sort of not so much losing control of Superboy or Superman as he likes to be referred to but he it's not that he feels he's losing control of superboy he kind of feels that superboy is not living up to his potential because he pretty much tells him you know you're not the direct clone of superman you are sort of half superman and i made you better because you got my genes, you should be a super genius, you shouldn't be mucking stuff up like you are, and we see that he has a kryptonite syringe, and kind of hinting at that, like he has done this before, but no, he he spares this current version of Superboy, Superman, what have you, Steel is kind of in this film, you know, we did see uh, John Henry Irons in the first film, he worked at LexCorp, Superman did save him, Um, and he kind of like comes in, uh, you know, Lois Lane figures out right away that he is Steel. Uh, they kind of work together to try to figure out what's going on with all these Supermen, who's who's really who. They get behind the mystery of Cyborg Superman, and then he kind of takes a back seat. And even, even in those scenes where he's helping out Lois Lane, it's very, very brief. Of course, we also have the Eradicator, who, you know, in the comics, the Eradicator was kind of like a program a Kryptonian defense program, I guess is the best way to put it. So that if Superman were to ever fall, the eradicator would step up and kind of take over the mantle for him here. He's more of a computer hologram that can kick butt it, you know, when they revealed he was a hologram, I was kind of like, what? A hologram? okay, because he's really doing some damage out there. He's fighting. He fights the other supermen. We see, you know, his sort of, you know, black and white take on crime. You are a criminal. You must be eradicated. You know, so we do see that, but we find he's really guarding the body of superman and that's the other thing too is you know they just kind of slip it in there oh it's been six months since superman died uh four supermen are rising oh yeah superman's body's gone Mm -hmm. like there's no outcry there's no outrage there's no investigation as far as we know nobody is looking for the body of superman where did he go you know it's pretty much, they just jump to the Fortress of Solitude, which apparently in this iteration never really existed because when Superman is resurrected, um, Steel pretty much asks him, you know, what is this place? And he's like, I don't know. It was pretty much created to protect me while I was being revived. So there was no Fortress of Solitude before all this. Okay. That's fine. Um, you know, so apparently Crypt, robots who were hanging out somewhere. I mean, there's really no explanation of it, you know, in, in the comic version of this, the reign of the Superman, you know, the fact that Superman's body was stolen was a big deal. Uh, and it seemed like it was stolen by Cadmus and then the Kryptonian, you know, technology robots from the Fortress of Solitude came and stole Superman from them. And that was kind of a big deal. I mean, and even in this film, it should really be treated like a big deal. The body of Superman is gone. Somebody stole Superman. And they're just like, yeah, somebody stole Superman. You know, "Eh, some kid's graffitied a bridge. You know, it's just, it's just passe. You know, it's like, it's no big deal. "Eh, Superman's body's gone. Okay. Uh, We get Cyborg Superman. Now, Cyborg Superman kind of, you know, I shouldn't say kind of, he's very, very close to his comic book iteration where, you know, he says, you know, these are, these are prosthetic parts. They're Kryptonian technology. He appears to have some memories of his former life, uh, especially when he interacts with Lois. Um, and he does kind of ingratiate himself because again, look, we have four supermen flying around there. Uh, but because of his sort of actions and attitude, uh, he kind of gets labeled the Superman, you know, the president, she gives her thumbs up. She gives her seal of approval, uh, even though really just about everybody else is not really thinking that he is. Lois doesn't believe that he is. Steele doesn't believe that he is. Superboy doesn't because he feels he's the real Superman. Uh, and the Justice League is very, very skeptical about this. They're skeptical about all of them, and, and as well they should be. Um, you know, we then get to a, a point where, you know, they start off the film with a debate, uh, Cat Grant is debating. I don't remember who it is, but she's debating a pundit, somebody like that, who's sort of saying, "Look, we don't need these so these quote-unquote supermen. In fact, we don't need Justice Leaguers. We don't need Titans. It's time that that people stepped up and we took care of ourselves. Superman's gone, and you know what? Maybe we're better off for it." and this debate's never brought up again, you know, the, the, the fact that the Justice League is around, the Titans are around, uh, later on when, you know, Cyborg Superman kind of, uh, you know, the, the Cyber League, he calls it, you know, or, or, or the the Cyber Squad, you know, he kind of makes a new justice league in a way. Uh, I'll get to that in a second. You know, none of this is, is like, you know, Hey, wait a minute. What about that guy at the beginning who said, we don't need all this, you know, people of earth, take care of yourself. You know, that debate's just dropped. I feel like a lot of things were brought up, not really fleshed out. You know, this, this film was 90 minutes and I felt they try to pack maybe two, two and a half hours, of a story and they try to really streamline it down to 90 minutes. We get very, very sort of brief, you know, where did all these different people come from? Um, you know, and then, like I said, when the film really starts to get going, the eradicator pretty much disappears until the end. And even when he appears in the end, it's sort of like, what, um, and Steel kind of disappears. He really, really fades into the back, which is a shame because, you know, John Henry Irons, you know, he he is a brilliant man. He's a brilliant scientist. And when he's helping Lois sort of crack the code of who is this cyborg Superman, I mean, we see just how important he is. And then he's kind of really gone from the film. Uh, another big thing that I really didn't like is, like I said, you know, they're getting ready to dedicate a new Watchtower, you know, where the Justice League kind of floats above the earth, where, you know, it's Their home base basically. So we're we're going to the president is coming. She's going to dedicate the watchtower. They're going to launch it. Uh, and then there is an attack. A boom tube a boom tube, sorry, opens up, and uh, you know, there is an attack. And uh Superboy, Steal, the Justice League, uh, and then at the very end, Cyborg Superman comes in to fight them off, but the boom tube starts to sort of break down and it collapses upon the Justice League, and the Justice League is Gone. I mean, it's a boom tube. We know that they're probably somewhere else in the galaxy, another dimension, you know, wherever they are. So right then and there, you know, we sort of know something is up. This is when uh, Cyborg Superman kind of gets the thumbs up from the president. He forms his new Cyber League, you know, where he basically uses cybernetic parts or cybernetic devices to take regular people and turn them really into sort of his personal army. Uh, you know, people are volunteering, stepping up. Yes, you know, I want to take the place of the Justice League. I want to defend my home planet. Uh, but really, this device that he gives them makes them mindless drones. Okay, so this is where we are. Uh, Lois, Steel, they kind of cracked the code. Uh, Cyborg Superman is really Hank Henshaw, and I didn't quite get what they were doing here. So, apparently... Dark side was behind all this. Dark side is the one that sent Doomsday to Earth. You know he's trying to conquer Earth again. Uh, When he when Doomsday came to Earth and it destroyed the shuttle that you know Hank Henshaw and his wife were on. And if you remember watching Death of Superman right up to the very end, Hank Henshaw he was positive Superman is going to save us, and he did not. Darkseid kind of plucked him up right before he died, right before Hank Henshaw died, and is now using him. He is the Cyborg Superman, but yet he's on, he's on Apocalypse, and Cyborg Superman is on Earth, and there's some kind of connection between the two, and it's sort of like the mind of Hank Henshaw is in the body of Cyborg Superman. I didn't quite get that, and I I don't know if it was because I was kind of just losing focus, or if it wasn't really explained very well, but I got v- I got very confused by that part, so it's like, Cyborg Superman is Hank Henshaw, but Hank Henshaw is somewhere else. Kind of controlling him and obeying Dark Side, and well, the big plan is: is Dark Side wants to conquer Earth. He wants to make Earth his new apocalypse. And um, what happens is, is right after Cyborg Superman forms the Cyber League, uh, he pretty much initiates a plan to open a giant boom tube to allow uh, Dark Side to come in, and and his forces are going to take over we pretty much learn the location of Superman's body Uh, when they make it to this new Fortress of Solitude. They see the Eradicator. They see the spaceship uh, that brought Clark to Earth, Kal-El, Superman to Earth. Lois figures it out. That's where Superman's body is. He's actually being revived somehow through the Eradicator. The Eradicator is absorbing energy, feeding it into Kal-El. and he rises, and he comes back, and he's in the black suit, the long hair, uh, not fully, fully powered yet. But you know, look, this is the plan. You know, cyborg Superman working for a Dark Side, gonna open a boom tube. Justice League gone. We gotta go. So everybody kind of steps up. Lex Luthor joins into the fight. You know, he has, a, he has a mother box that either he stole or he fabricated on his own. He's going to find where the Justice League are and he's going to free them. And, you know, we get Lois and Superman sneaking aboard the Watchtower because Cyborg Superman, that's pretty much what he's going to use to open this giant boom tube and coordinate the attack. So when they go to foil his plans... Cyborg Superman, who again, who was really Hank Henshaw, is like, you know what? Nope, nope. I'm the one who's destroying Superman. He actually shuts down the boom tube, pretty much blocks out Darkseid. I guess with the thought of, you know, I'm going to dispose of Superman once and for all with my bare hands. Then I'll reopen that boom tube and, you know, we'll get back to conquering Earth. But, you know, he really wants that revenge. Here's the thing. We do get this big showdown in the comics, you know, and again, if you haven't read the, the comic version of, of, of the Reign of the Superman, uh, Rise of the Supermen, Reign of the Supermen, if you hadn't really read that one, uh, I'm going to spoil it a little bit here for you. When we get to this final showdown, again, Superman is not at full power. And... Despite all that, because he is who he is, he will fight. He will fight to the death to stop this, to stop apocalypse. I'm sorry, to stop uh, Dark Side from from taking over and and, and destroying Earth. Uh, he's fighting, fighting, fighting. Um, Cyborg Superman launches the Watchtower, figuring that since you know Lois Lane, obviously a human, Superman not fully powered, uh, you know. From being launched into space, and if he can open a hatch, you know, they'll they'll freeze, they'll suffocate, they'll die. Lois finds a switch, she opens a panel to let the yellow sun come in. Now here's the thing. He was down on Earth, he was absorbing radiation, and before, you know, before they got onto the watchtower and and, and jumped up into space, he was he he was he he was absorbing our sun but the fact that she opened the windows and it's like, here's a little more sun for you, Clark. He, he suddenly can't act to full power. In the comics, The Rise and the Reign of the Superman, the Eradicator sacrifices himself. The Eradicator uses all the energy in his body, all, all the energy of the Yellow Sun that, that Clark needs, that Superman needs. He pretty much hits him with a massive blast to just be like, look, I am jump-starting you, Superman. Here we go. He actually sacrifices himself to do that. We don't get that here. We get the, you know, oh, wait a minute. I got to open a window. Oh, wow. Here's the sun. I am now full powered. Um, You know, Cyborg Superman gets defeated. The Justice League comes back. We do get an after credit scene. Now, I don't know if people knew that there was an after credit scene. I did kind of before I watched the movie. I did see a little thing about it. There's an after credit scene. So I stuck around for it. So again, if you didn't see the after credit scene, you don't want to spoil. Push pause. Look for it. Watch it again. Come on back good. So there's an after credit scene where the Justice League is meeting in the watchtower and they're basically like, you know, look, we've been playing defense long enough. It's our time. We got it. We got to take the fight to dark side. Even Superman is saying this. He's like, it's all agreed. We are going to take the fight to dark side. This is going to be the third movie. Lex Luthor comes in you know he's on the watchtower Green Lantern's got a great line saying who left the front door open he comes in and I love it he's got that classic Legion of Doom suit on you know the purple suit um, you know the uh, like the green kind of bandolier whatever it was Um, and you know he's sort of like all right team let's go and let's go take the fight to him and you know this is great this is really really cool but I had to sit through this movie to get to that point it's not totally a bad film. There are some good things. The action scenes are phenomenal. The fight scenes, the action scenes that we get, uh, Superman fighting Cyborg, Superman, you know, seeing Steel and Superboy fight, even seeing the Justice League when they're sort of banished to this different dimension or a different part of the universe, wherever they are, the fights that they get into, it's excellent. The action scenes are excellent. The voice acting is excellent. I am now used to Rain Wilson, who is Dwight Schrute. I am used to him now as Lex Luthor. It doesn't bother me. I don't think of, oh God, it's Dwight Schrute. He does an excellent job as Lex Luthor. It's just this is a poorly paced film. Way too much stuff that they tried to cram into 90 minutes. Maybe break this Maybe break this one up into two films. The Rise of the Supermen and then The Reign of the Supermen. I don't know. I don't work for DC. Scale of 1 to 10, 6, 6.5. Not a horrible movie, not a great movie, fight scenes are great, voice acting's great, and they leave us on a bit of a cliffhanger. Justice League, Lex Luthor taking the fight to dark side. Can't wait for that film. Guys, thanks for listening. Do me a favor, head on over to www.brothersinarmchairs.com. That's gonna link you up to every single podcast in the Brothers in Armchairs network. Of course, your favorites, stuff you don't need to know, Nerd and Me, Enter the Nerd Zone, Fat Guys in Little Coats, and Defender of the Realm, Also, I've mentioned it before, I'll mention it again, I have started a new podcast. It's called I'm Not a History Teacher, but it's a history podcast. Look for it on Anchor. I'm in a couple other places, but not everywhere just yet. So definitely keep an eye out for that. This is Jay, and I will definitely talk to you guys later.